The air grows cold as darkness overtakes the city, the light retreating into homes as if seeking comfort and warmth. Rain litters the streets with a shimmer of sweat, a warning to those foolish enough to go out that this place means business. The shadow of distant visitors can be seen, decorations on the walls sprinkling the world with a quiet movement of ideas and stories and life. In these shadows you can find the hunchback of the bell tower, the thief who stole bread to feed his sister's children, and the man who sits condemned to death, expressing his desire that the death penalty be abolished. I see all of them. All of them from the mind of the man known to the world as Victor Hugo. But who was this man? And why was I brought in to investigate him? History will tell Hugo was the son of a general in Napoleon's army. Born in France but spent much of his childhood traveling with his father. A chaotic time to be sure for the young man's life. His mother was a royalist and the counter to his father's loyalty to a successive government. Two sides of a coin. The boy was constantly moving from Paris to Elba to Nepal to Madrid and back to Paris, always returning with his mother. When the empire fell in 1815, he found himself in a stationary position, a time in his life where he was not continuously moving. And that's when he buckled down on his education. Not much is there to determine the quality of student Hugo was, but we know he graduated after studying law. Law. Justice for the people. He was a student that lived in poverty, as so many do. And as most writers do, he stored this information away for use later. But he wouldn't stay on the path of law for long. Beginning around 1816, he began to fill his notebooks full of writing, poetry, and translations, working like a madman as if struggling to get his thoughts on paper before they disappeared, like tears in the rain. The biggest source of encouragement he received was from his mother. However, this would come to an end with her death in 1821. By this time, Hugo had already established a review and published a book of poetry that showed positive sentiments for royalists that so impressed Louis XVIII that he received a pension. The following year, he married Adele Foucher, and the pair would go on to have five children together. It would be another year still, in 1823, that he would publish his first novel, Hans of Iceland. Over the next few years, he would continue to write, publishing more. And more. Then he wrote a play that rivaled that of Shakespeare himself in 1827 titled Cromwell. It was intellectual, provocative, and seen as a doctrine for romanticism. The play tells the story of Oliver Cromwell's internal conflicts in being offered the crown of England. The only problem is that it has almost 7,000 verses. Add to that a large cast and you have a play that wasn't performed until the 20th century, almost a hundred years after his death. 
He began to see success in 1829 with the release of The Last Days of a Condemned, which was seen as a humanitarian protest against the death penalty. In 1831, he published perhaps his most well-known work, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, which I'm sure you know well, and so we will not go into detail here now. By the mid-1840s, he had almost stopped publishing altogether, in part due to the demands of society and politics, in part due to the drowning of his daughter and son-in-law. After this loss, he published a book of poetry and began to work on what would eventually become Les Miserables. For this book, he drew back on his days as a poor student. That would see publication in 1862. During the Revolution of 1848, Hugo was elected as a deputy of Paris and lent his support to Prince Louis Napoleon. But the new president began to favor an authoritarian control. Hugo went to the left, and after the December 1851 coup d'etat, he fled to Brussels. His exile would last until Liberty returned in 1870, with his eventual return to France in 1871. Over the next few years, he would lose his wife and two of his sons, and the grief aged him like a raisin in the sun. Victor Hugo died in 1885 of pneumonia. He was given a national funeral at the Arc de Triomphe and was later buried at the Pantheon. And so we reached the end of his life with no clear indication of why this investigation began. And that's when it hit me like a sack of wet cement. Sometimes you gotta dig deep and get to the end in order to see the truth. Other times it's staring you right in the face. The year was 1802 and on this day, February 26th, French author Victor Hugo was born. And just like that, the case was solved. Sometimes I think back to what my partner told me. Life's a mystery. Sometimes... You just have to step back and listen to the bells. And that's going to do it for us today. Thank you for listening to the Year Was podcast production of The Detective, The Mystery of Victor Hugo by your host, Michael Montalvo. You can find me on social media and at YouTube at The Apple Cider Club or The Year Was wherever you get your podcasts. As always, I want to thank the Tim Kreitz Band for our musical theme and, of course, you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.